Listener Production. The creators of this podcast would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which it is recorded. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people are the first storytellers of this land. We pay respect to their elders, past, present and emerging, as well as any Indigenous people who may be listening today. Everyone relax. This is Dove Up. I'm Charlie Claus. I'm Will Anderson. Hello and thank you for watching. And if you are uh, listening, uh, we'll reintroduce the hand signals that we haven't used in 2024. Well, it was our first couple of episodes back. I don't think that we're not going to lie to anybody. We're trying to bank a few of them at yep. the same time while we're in the same place. Well, now that I've changed my outfit, <laughs> get out of the bag. I mean, I think everyone was going to put it together from every, like, firstly, I didn't change, you just changed. <laughs> and then we're in the same studio together and your hair is the, like, so you didn't I'm shave. A hat. I'm wearing a hat now. Yeah, <laughs> me too, actually. You know what I am, but it's that was mostly. Day. <laughs> mostly because I went out and grabbed some lunch. <laughs> anyway, what's your point? Um, oh, like, we did hand signals. Hand oh, signals yeah, again. hand yeah. signals. We forgot yeah. for the first couple of episodes. You know what it's like? You're getting back into your job for the uh, first couple of days in. You're still just remembering. What you used to do. Yeah, how everything works. We've yeah. had a little break and we're back and everything's in the everyone relaxed feed. Everything's going well in our podcast universe at the moment. I think we're like we're doing a good job. We, we're, we're all excited about it at the moment. Haven't we're, seen too many complaints. I, well, I haven't seen any. That's, uh, well, that's, I'm not looking. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm just I know, imagining that. See, the problem is I check the mail though. Yeah. And sometimes people send them directly. And compared to other uh, strategic decisions we've made in the past, this one seems to be the least amount of angst. But even the people who do mm. have a problem is more a familiarity thing as opposed yes. to a, a funk. It's not like we've made things harder. We haven't. It's just like, we've I, li- I like your old stuff better than yeah. your new stuff kind of thing. Like, you know, yeah. I like, I like, someone said to me. It's all still available. I like the disorganized chaos of the way mm. you used to do things. Yeah. No, no, that's charming. And there'll still be plenty of that. <laughs> Don't worry about that. It'll just be. There's still the, a couple all, of knuckleheads. It'll just be all in the one place. Yeah. <laughs> you can find all your disorganized chaos. All in the one place. We don't have to employ living the entire ethos of disorganized chaos. Like, you know, I don't think there's nothing to be lost. Nothing has been, everything is still, everything up till now still exists. Everything's canon. You yeah. know, and now it's just all the same all dumb good, shit baby. found in the, in the same place. Yeah, that's all you got to say. It's all yeah. good. It's all good. And even in a traditional uh, TOEFOP um, move, we started talking about something that we off yes. air that we paused because, like, you know, let's get into it. I was saying how I'd been watching the Robbie Williams documentary, and uh, it was so interesting because, like, I I mean, I knew I know who Robbie Williams is, but I didn't know how mega famous he was. Like, Jem. Uh, I was watching it with her and she's like, you didn't know that he was in Take That? And it's like, well, I, could, I knew all these things, but I, the when you see the video of just like Beatlemania for Take That and then even- I don't think, like, I mean, Take That were pretty big in Australia, but I don't think they were anywhere near the level of big that, like now you think like with One Direction or BTS or whatever it might be, that there is this sort of almost similar level of adoration and response mm. to these artists, Taylor Swift or whoever it might be, all over the world. Yeah. And I think that Take That, we just never quite fully appreciated how big Take That were in the UK. And this was the time before it was so easy to just go on like Google or YouTube or whatever and be able to see what was happening in other countries. It was just that moment before that, as that was emerging, but the like it, yeah. it wasn't fully formed. Well, they weren't global like the Spice Girls, no. were they? But in a different era, I think like five years from then or like 10 years, but maybe that trend of those sort of bands had evolved by then anyway. Well, yeah, we spent a lot of time talking about boy, boy bands, bands on this on this show. But uh, the documentary, there is, I think it's the second episode. Is so he's dominated, like released two or three albums in the UK. Yeah. Every one of them's gone platinum, and then he goes to crack the US, and it's this real kind of um, rude awakening where he goes from playing like Wembley, ninety thousand people, yeah. to playing like a club with three hundred people, and it's none of the 
things that work for him in his European and UK career translate to the US. And because a lot of it is based around his persona, which yes. is cheeky Robbie Williams. Because he's Northerner, not, he's know. not the most talented singer in the world. He's not the most talented dancer in the world. He's not like, he doesn't have the best songs of all time. Like, but he has enough good Mix in all everything. those areas and he's an entertainer and he's got that cheeky charm that comes with being I'm this character you know yeah. it's Robbie Williams right he's an entertainer yeah. he has permission to just entertain you literally it's no coincidence that one in of fact, his biggest you might songs say, is, <laughs> is, is to, open well, entertain look he said to the yeah. people of greater britain let me entertain you. And they said, yes, Robbie. Yeah. Yes, I mean, Robbie. It is an interesting, yeah. uh, like, you know, you try and sort of, you watch these celeb documentaries and I'm always like, what is their trauma? Like, what is the psychosis that has led them to this point in their life? They're mega famous. Like what, you know, we were joking last week about the rock, like what keeps driving the rock and watching this Robbie documentary, like he does seem to have this pattern of, like, it's hard to tell whether it's Robbie or whether it's fame that makes him like this, but it's kind of a paranoia or a distrust of can't really get close to people like whether it's a, a partner like a girlfriend or something or his writing partner eventually at some point he do, he distrusts them like it's you know it comes back to him like it's got to be all about him and I'm like you know and take that he Gary Barlow was the star of take that and he was the chief songwriter and he was the one that everyone loved and Robbie was kind of you know to the side of that yeah. and he sort of says in the documentary, I think the early part of my career was all about fuck you, Gary Barlow. Like I wanted to just to bury Gary Barlow and be the best because, you know, I was always sidelined by him. But then, you know, you get past that because obviously you're way past Gary Barlow. So who are you fuck youing now? <laughs> it's yeah. always like he seems to kind of create a new enemy to it's fuck you. It's the Michael Jordan thing. Oh, and yeah. And I took that personally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting because it's like, so with the so when it comes to the US, like that um that persona of, you know, I'm just this kind of cheeky chappy and self-deprecating and stuff. Like Americans don't like their their stars to uh mock or denigrate their status. Because I think culturally for Americans, like that is a status is a aspiration. It's a validation yeah, of that's right. your hard work. Wealth We've always said fame, that like, yeah, it's you don't need to be it's not what you're famous for. Like it's that you're famous, like that you made it, that yeah. you were a success. So that by the very nature Even of, if you've inherited wealth, yeah, like, well done. Well done. You deserve <laughs> you that. Something that. about you is exceptional. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and there is that sense of that. That is part of the DNA of who they are as people for good and for ill and has driven many of the technological advancements they've made, but it's also meant that Donald Trump's probably going to be president again. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> there's some real swings and roundabouts in that approach to, yeah. you know, how you're going to like live your lives, but it's not what Robbie Williams was delivering, but also they didn't get the backstory, yeah. right? Like, there's one very cringy moment where he's doing a big um, press junket yeah. and all the American journalists are asking questions and one of them like clearly hasn't got the memo or wasn't briefed properly and was like, oh, I love Take That and, yeah. you know, Take That wrote, you know, so many great songs and you can just sort of see Robbie's like sitting there gritting his teeth and he's like, and my favourite one is Want You to Back for Good, oh. which is the one one that he's not on. Yeah. He'd already left the band by then. And it's just like, oh, boy. Oh, wow. boy. <laughs> So there's that that drives him. And so then people in the UK, when he becomes a solo act, that's part of a story that mm. they've been following all their lives, right? They followed him when he was the one in the boy band who wasn't the star of the boy band. He develops to go out on his own and then suddenly like, I mean, I guess when like, you know, One Direction like split up, there was the... All those moments where there was like, is it Harry or is, Zane? Yeah, who, who's yeah. it going to be? Like, yeah, and yeah. they all kind. Of, there was a few of them that were like really like, you know, going in their own direction. And oh, look what they're doing now, and they're do making this style of music, or they've got this sort of fashion, or whatever it might be. And then just Harry Styles just reigned <laughs> supreme. I've got it. Yeah, <laughs> sit back. I got it. Here. Yeah, it's funny you should mention that because I don't really know anything about. Um, One Direction Beyond, Harry Styles, and the the other guy, the Zane guy. But I did go and look up who the other members were. Mm. And 
they're doing fine. Yes. <laughs> like, they've all got, like, other careers and heaps of money and all yeah. this stuff going on. It's like, so you could sort of just walk away from the biggest, like, a huge boy band. And the thing that you're always asking about celebs, just what, just take a day off. Like, just relax. You don't have to worry about it anymore. You just stop. Just stop. Yeah. You're going to be, you've got more money you could spend in a lifetime. Yeah. Heaps of fame and adulation. Always get the best seat in a restaurant. Just right. Stop. Go to more restaurants. Yeah. <laughs> Have a good time. You'll be fine. Yeah. I, well, I, so th- it got me thinking about this idea of like Guy Sebastian and Shannon Nolan, those sort of era of performers who, mm. particularly through Australian Idol, other shows as well, but yeah. particularly through Australian Idol, there actually ended up being this generation of like now when you look back on it, Rob Mills and you know, there was there was M. Rusciano. There's a whole bunch of these people who mm. came out of these shows, plus the hosts of the shows and these sort of things who have become part of the broader cultural conversation in Australia. And you're like, oh, it wasn't just like one series of a show and we never heard those people again. Like, still you know, Shannon Noel and Guy Sebastian and these sort of people are still around. And I, so I like the rapper Lupe Fiasco and I was mm. listening to just like a Spotify, well, it wasn't Spotify, but like an Apple music list that was like various things and Battle Scars, which was the song Guy Sebastian and Lu- Lupe Fiasco. Battle Fies- Scars, yeah. don't let their fading. I hadn't heard that song for a long time. Well, like what, 15 years? Since it, it was out? everywhere on the radio yeah. all at once and then just hadn't heard it again since then. And I was... I was like, this is a great song. Mm. Like, the guy Sebastian, like, I mean, this is just, I think, a really, really good song. Well, just a little uh, yeah. sidebar. So that was, when that song came out, that was back when Gemini were making a bunch of music mm. videos for Sony. And a lot of the time, you know, no offense to any of the artists we work with, but like you'd get sent a brief and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I reckon we can, we can make this work. But that was the one song where we heard it, we're like, oh, let's make this one. Like, this is actually one that you get really excited about. Uh, so did you make that one? No. no. <laughs> they gave it to a big US because uh, they, they knew what they had. So they yes. went and Lupe as well. So they went to the US to shoot. Well, okay. Well, that, I mean, that makes sense. But it turns out that, so I must have just been, um, I got home and just decided, you know what, I'm going to do a little Guy Sebastian. Deep dive. Battle Scars deep dive. Well, I think my first curiosity was, whose song it was, like mm. where the guy had been, like, cause you never know with like a song like that where like someone's singing the hook and someone's doing the rap. It could be like the rapper forward and then they've got someone to come in and do the hook. Yeah. Or like, as in this case, Guy Sebastian like was involved in the writing of this song. Including like Including the rap? Well, so this is oh, where it gets really interesting. So, well, so what I found first was a react video of somebody hearing Guy Sebastian sing Battle Scars on acoustic guitar as part of an Anzac for the troops, for, you know, from home. It was like a concert from home. It must have been maybe during the pandemic. Oh, here it is. Wish I never touched. Wish that I could stop loving you so much. Because I'm the only one that's trying to keep well us produced. together. This, this is just him in his I home studio. Like playing guitar himself yeah. and singing. And it's and so he does all the raps as singing. You know, like the, like he does the whole song. Okay. Just as, and it works. This kid can sing, it turns out. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Stop the if press. If anyone knows this guy Sebastian, but turns out he's really good at singing. <laughs> like, uh, but it's such a beautiful version of the song, and like I watched it a whole bunch of times. And um, uh, but then it just got me thinking about that idea of like we. I think if. This React video, this person had never heard of Guy Sebastian. And in fact, they mm. thought he was kind of an indie artist, you know, just playing the acoustic guitar. And there was, and I realized, oh, you're just hearing this, you know, as a song. Yeah. Like you've got no cultural context to, like, you don't know the story of like Shannon and Guy and, you know, the Go trials the and tribulations and the fro and the, you know, we've seen him turn into like, like a cool, like he was a bit of a Christian nerd and he's become and this quite kind of like, yeah, point, he's, yeah, he's like, we've we followed all this yeah. and we've followed it in conjunction with the Shannon story that has run separately, but, you know, also like being its own stuff. Like, and so for us, when, like when I was watching that, I was like, oh, look at this. Like I, not only am I enjoying this like 
him as an artist and like how much he's developed into this like really fantastic, incredible artist uh, is, but that you've kind of seen the journey from when he was like, just a kid auditioning on a... Guy Sebastian got changed in your house once, remember? Because we, we did do music videos yes. for Guy and one of them was shooting uh, down near your old place in yeah. Sydney and we used your house as a unit base. So Guy Sebastian actually got changed in your... <sighs> Living room. I, I mean, I, I didn't give a shit about that at the time, but now, <laughs> <Now>. in retrospect, <laughs> now that I've watched this acoustic version of this song six times, you know, well, I'm wrapped about that. That's great. It's great to remember. Good memories. But, you know, that's the Robbie Williams to me. Like, I mean, take that were part of, and Britain as well, that loves a soap opera, whether yeah. it's a royal family or a, like, you know, an everyday, like they love that Especially kind pitting of, two people against each yes. other. Ga- Gary the British Blur press, versus Oasis, about, Gary yeah, right? versus Robbie, yeah. Yeah, so it just would have been so much of the the language of their cultural context and then you just try to drop that when mm. it's already fully formed. When yeah. he's already Wembley Stadium, let me entertain you, Robbie Williams, and you just drop him in, you're like, oh, I don't know any of the backstory. So how does Harry Styles, oh, because One Direction were big globally. That's yeah. the difference. I think Harry is, Styles was yes. introduced so people knew. Cause that's, cause it but they get... still also, there was no pre-ordination that it was going to be Harry, right? Uh, like, I, I mean, he was I one felt... of the front runners. Yeah. Like, it wasn't going to be Niall, but. I mean, this is like. There's no way I'm an expert in this topic, but this is what I understand, right? Yeah. Zane yeah. left This first. is us going for a younger audience. We've, we've, we've talked about we're five. In, we're in and mid-30s. Now <laughs> we'll get to BTS eventually, Blackpink. Um, my understanding is that Zane left first and he was kind of the bad boy. Yeah, so Zane could have been the one, right? And he was like, didn't he shave his head? Well, I think, and he but like I, think this... he, I think in terms of initially Zane had the cred. Yeah. That's because right. he was working with like credible producers yeah. and writing stuff that was a bit more edgy and getting, I mean, I guess tattoos these days is not like, you know, a, 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 a indication. But of, yeah, but it was in that direction. He was cool. It was in that direction, was it, Will? Yeah. Or it was in another direction? Or would you say it was just the one direction? <laughs> well, I was saying it was a slightly different direction. Like yeah. that it was uh, maybe not a full different direction, but like one and a quarter direction. <laughs> <laughs> but I think... The feeling was going to be that Zayn was going to be the credible musician yes. and that Harry was going to be famous no matter what because he was too good yeah. looking to not but, be. But that he might be famous for just being, being good looking. Being good looking, yeah. 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 I mean, I don't know what the equivalent of that would be in pop culture. Was there someone who just kind of, like who came out of other boy bands? It's always the talented one was the best looking. Like Tim Blake was the best looking in sinker, wasn't he? And he got the best career. None really came out of Backstreet or... New kids. I mean, about Spice Spice Girls. Spice Girls. Who's the most successful solos? Well, Jerry went out first. Yeah. Jerry went first. Yeah, but there is no successful solo Spice Girl. Like as a solo successful artist, they've all released music though, haven't they? Yeah. Uh, Posh no, Spice Posh did, hasn't. didn't she? No, Posh hasn't. No. Oh, maybe she did in the I, early days. I thought days. in the early days she might have. Maybe in the early days, yeah. yeah. But I think she, but she doesn't do any of the reunions or no any of that stuff now. Who's the most successful solo Spice solo Girl? Spice Can you look that Girl. up? Who like who had the most like the highest ranking? I think Jerry's "It's Raining Men" cover went number one. Oh, Mel C had a number of singles, but I don't know. Baby Spice and Sporty Spice—they were releasing music. I'm I don't think Baby sure. did any solo stuff. Really? Looks like Mel C. Yeah, I would. I would put my money on Mel C. She did that Brian Adams duet, "Baby When I'm Gone" or "When You're Gone." You remember that one? Not, That's all not I know. the way you sing it. <laughs> That's all I remember. <laughs> no, 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 no. no I, don't remember, I don't remember. So how many, uh, did she have any number ones? What about Jerry Hallowell? In terms of um, money. Yeah. Oh, you've got It's a bit, bit tricky in terms of money. No, what about number, singles rank and. Singles. Yeah. Okay. And okay. how high they got and how many they released. Okay, let me have a look. So a guess. I'm going to say easily Mel C. I mean, I don't – do you think one of them has made it to number one? The Raining Men. Is that what you're saying? I think It's Raining Men was the biggest hit out of all the songs. Because I remember Mel B did a cover as well. She did Word Up, a cover of Word Up. Because they, so, they were so popular that I guess 
the idea that their first release could get to number one regardless of the quality of the song. It's a real possibility. Is a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. But they just, I think they were the sum of their parts rather than there was one out, you know, like there was a Gary Barlow or a Justin Timberlake. The Spice Girls, I think, were all... Much like a spice rack, the individual spices. <laughs> you got your cumin, your paprika. Yeah. Wasn't an all-spice <laughs> situation. It would have been great if, like, Voltron, they joined together to become the all-spice. <laughs> well, Jerry actually features mm. in the Robbie documentary because they dated for a while. I had no idea. I didn't know that either. And she comes across so well in this documentary. She seems so lovely and down to earth. Like there's a lot of really candid conversations that happen on camera, like when they're in their twenties that they filmed where she's sort of like quizzing him on like, you know, his paranoia about stuff and his songwriting process and stuff. And she's, but she's very grounded, but then she's one of the people that he gets paranoid about because when they, when it sort of became known that they were dating, they got hounded by the paparazzi and then a paparazzo, ran into Robbie somewhere and said, oh, yeah, Jerry's been tipping us off. Where are you going? She's the one. She's the mole. And Robbie says in the documentary, I don't think, like now I don't think that was true, but at the time I believed it and it kind of made me like not want anything to do with him. I'm like, oh, man, that is massively paranoid. But it also made me wonder, like in this day and age with social media, like are, is, is paparazzi still a thing? Like are people still buying gossip mags? Like – would you be hounded like they were hounded in, you know, 2000 or whenever it was when they're trying to go on holiday? Like, do celebrities still get hounded like that? Because everyone's got social media now. So, you know, like people can post their own f holiday photos and you don't need to get some photographer hiding in a bush. I don't know. Like, when I, was honestly, the last time you saw a new NW or, or gossip mag? On yeah, a, on like a, a long time ago. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like it feels like that industry just disappeared is, is it does it still exist have well, are we just not seeing it or is it literally like not there anymore but i also think celebs now post so much themselves that but isn't it still like then just like picked up by news feeds or whatever yes. and reposted as their own material sure so this is like so and so on but that what holiday I mean, bikini is still on the news site but, but it's, it's but the celebrities but, are being but you're not buying paparazzi shots yeah like, I think paparazzi probably aren't making the same money they used to. Yeah, I, that's probably true. But then again, if the person is that, like, if you're getting a shot, does that mean that they then have to get shots that are more and more A, a of people who don't want to post the stuff, you know, reclusive people? Like JD Salinger. <laughs> yes. JDC's hot bikini shots. <laughs> J.D. Salinger's post-baby bond. J.D. Salinger breaks silence and flaunts bikini bond. Uh, yeah, like I guess, I mean, that is true actually. Yeah. Someone did, I did see some paparazzi shots of Jack Nicholson, who's kind of reclusive now. He hasn't yeah. really been seen in public for a while. <laughs> and like I shouldn't laugh because it's a horrible fucking profession and if you're a paparazzi, you're a parasite. But like it was Jack obviously – just sitting on his deck, just thinking some thoughts, but like clearly not expecting to be photographed and like his hair and his beard and just the general demeanor was of a man just like completely in his own. I mean, head. leave him alone, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> But I'm glad I saw them because it doesn't actually, I don't think badly of Jack Nicholson, if anything, it engendered more kind of affection from me. And so I um, will say something that's like, so, anyway, here it goes. Okay. Uh, so, Mike, get ready to dump this. I know we're not going out live, but just get the dump button ready. No, so I've been staying in temporary accommodation and um, it's in between a whole bunch of Sydney beaches, basically. And uh, I have been choosing to go for a swim every day, but <laughs> there is, I won't go to Bondi because I'm too scared oh, okay, that someone's going to that someone you. will like get a photo of me with my shirt off. And I'm not saying that that would be worth anything, but I would hate to... You like, don't want to have know, to go through that. I don't want to have to go through that. And that might, and the thing is, like, everyone is a paparazzi now. Like, yeah. it would just take one person to recognize you, take That's the right. photo and post it. So, in fact, it's more dangerous than back when it was people hiding in bushes and shit. Yeah, so, but I have found a beach where I feel safe. <laughs> you, got, so, you got paparazzoed once when I Nicole did. Kidman, right? When yeah, you but I also that. got paparazzoed at the gym once. Oh, really? Yeah, like, work it out, just by myself. In and Australia? That was, yeah. 
And that was in the paper. Were like, they in the gym or they threw a window? Through the window of the gym. What were you doing? What exercise? Like, I mean, I didn't, you know what? It, it could have looked worse. <laughs> it was one of those ones where I was like, that's an invasion of my privacy, but right. also at least like, the photos were okay. But yeah, I was like, but I can't imagine anyone's interested in my life anymore if they ever were, right? Mm. And, but like, like my body is one of those ones that they could put in the paper so people could be mean to me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like that would be the only reason they'd be doing it. There's yeah. no other reason that they've got this photo and they're like, if we ran this, like we get a lot of engagement with people being mean to him about his body. The comments are going to yeah. fucking explode. Yeah. So the only reason that somebody would take a photo of me would be for bullying and cr cruelty purposes. And I, 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 I would not like that. I feel like that doesn't, or I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, like I said, I don't read the gossip section of the paper or no. I've come in the last time I looked at a gossip mag, but, but I, I feel think like the daily mail and places like that, because they it's have dominated by ripped people. Yes. Like that's what they're going for. But people reality that you stars. can mock in between the ones that do are Do they ripped. do that still? I don't know. All oh, right. I don't, I, I honestly don't know. Maybe I'm being prejudicial in, in my assumption that, that they already do. But maybe I feel like you know, I feel like your instincts are right. I feel, but the greater danger would come from your photo being circulated on social media and then potentially being picked up. Like it happened with Jason Momoa. Yeah. Like when he put on a few pounds in between Aquaman films or whatever and people were like, oh, look at dead bod Jason Momoa. And it was like his dad bod is 95% people's like best bod. But there was this kind of movement to like, let's body shame. But I think it, like everyone was like, hey man, like he's up, like he's on holiday with his family. Like you don't have to do that. I mean, but I don't want to go through any of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I like there, there are some beaches that I wouldn't go to because I think the paparazzo aren't there. It's not like they've heard I'm taking my shirt off down there. They're there for, because other people go to that beach that they might want to take paparazzo photos of. But if they're there anyway and you take your shirt off, they're like, oh, well, it's not like I'm even wasting film anymore, right? I might as well get one of these shots, see if anyone wants it to, for mocking him purposes. <laughs> when I was doing Home and Away, there was, <clears throat> you know, like my experience hanging out with comedians is like the greatest insult you can level at a comedian is to accuse another comedian of stealing stuff. Oh, he steals bits or he steals yeah. bits. It's like this thing that... Maybe can't be proven, but it sticks if you want it to stick. It mm. sort of works on cognitive bias. And on Home and Away, the equivalent was, oh, you know, they tip off the paparazzi. That oh, person yeah. tipped off the paparazzi. Like yeah. someone, you come to work and someone had been in the paper on that and it's like, oh yeah, it's because they tipped them off. And it's like, you just don't know if it's true. No. Or it not, could but be, it's, but, but, it, yeah, but, it, but it also maybe, might be a complete coincidence. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> maybe it's also because they're famous yeah. and a photographer just happened to be at the airport. Yeah. At and also if they did. So what? Yeah. They still wanted to take a photo of them and put it in the paper. So <laughs> yeah, I don't, don't really know what the point of this is. <laughs> Why have we drawn these arbitrary lines about who's using who in this situation? Mike, did we get an answer on the most successful Spice Girl? Yeah. yeah. Definitely. In terms of number one. Yes. yes. So we've got Mel B had one what? number one. I want you back. Okay. What? I don't yeah. even remember that. I was, Mel, I was Mel B. Mel B. Mel C had two number oh. ones. Never be the same again, and I turn to you. Oh yeah, I don't she had, she had, any of those. She had stack of stack of songs that yeah. charted. Actually, yeah, she was the most talented, songs. in yeah. my humble opinion. Well, that was what people tended to say, right? Oh, that Mel right? I think, was yeah. the well, she was the one who could sing. <laughs> yeah, <which is laughs> crucial in her. Uh, I mean, was it not crucial? <laughs> Clearly, not crucial. Baby Spice, Baby yeah. Spice also had a number one. Yeah. What? What took you so long? So this is you what so you were saying yeah. before about there was that a, everyone gets their baby bump. Yeah, right. everyone yeah. gets everyone except Posh oh, Spice. No, oh, no. Posh Spice yeah. had uh, had a number two. Oh, oh that's <laughs> that's <laughs> real number two. That's it. Everyone, everyone else got a number one. She got a number two. Uh, but the person with the most number yes. ones, you're right. It's Jerry Halliwell. She, she had, had the most four. number ones. It's raining four. men. Fuck me dead. Me choco Latino. Lift me up. And also bag it up. <laughs> bag it up? 
bag up that number two of posh and leave it on her doorstep. No, well, hang on. What, on was, what was the second one? Me Chocolato. <laughs> Can we play Me Chocolato? Or, or like, are we able to listen to any of it? It's probably been banned from this, like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like <laughs> one of those songs. Me Chocolato. <laughs> I don't have no memory of this song. Is that, what is it called? Me Chocolato. Me Chocolato. I can't believe that she's the most successful. I Hang on. So are we saying Mel C or, or Jerry? Jerry, Jerry is Yeah, four This is me, ones. Chocolato. Me and no Lyco <laughs> already. Oh, yeah. oh, no. Bit of cultural appropriation. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, I don't, need, I, I don't even need to hear anymore to know I do not like that song. But that was a number one. Yeah. Well, that was the first, that was like the free number one because that was in 99. That was, yeah. Okay, also, okay so that yeah, was the... Then li- lifts yeah. me up. That's, one you, that's your number spice. one you get for being in the Spice yeah. Girls. Okay. Bag It Up was 2000. Yeah. It's Raining Men was 2001. Yeah, I remember that because that yeah. was a part of a whole image overhaul for her. It's, she'd gotten into yoga and she'd gotten really, remember she got really like skinny and fit when she that's did it's 2001. Raining Men. I know, man, we're old. Oh, <sighs> so old. Oh like God. there's adults. There's kids born there that are now adults and finish university. Oh, no. I know. <laughs> Who don't even know about the Spice Girl era. They weren't alive for that. They were just there for It's Raining Men. <laughs> Usher texted me the other day um, this thrash metal band that use Arnie lyrics as the lyrics of their song. So they just take like... Arnie DeFranco. <laughs> I can sense the running joke for 2024, which really, let's bag it up, can we? Me no like it, that. <laughs> I, I'm never going to stop saying it. <laughs> uh, but I was saying to him like... What is the cultural cutoff for uh, Arnie? Like, it would be the equivalent of, like, our parents playing us, like, Black Sabbath with John Wayne quotes, you know? Like, I mean, we know who John Wayne is, but I don't know that I would necessarily... Like, the kids now, like... Sorry, guys. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> Fucking hell. We've got Mom, sorry, sorry, I didn't realise it was Tregoning still playing through. I'm sorry. is now part of Tofop. <laughs> Uh, that's another cultural. Sorry, I didn't realize it was still. That's coming. another cultural Sorry. reference that won't make, make any sense to our younger listeners. But do you know what I mean? Like, do you think Arnie, if you're a 24 year old, 25 year old who doesn't know about the Spice Girls, do you think Arnie makes sense to you? I think we need to get a young person on this show and ask them a bunch of questions. Yeah. Can we do that? Can we get like how old's like the like, we'll like get how another, young another, a young person? Well, like I'm just going to give another person, another like listener podcaster is probably a good yeah. idea, right? But like, who's the youngest? Well, just like, but what age do we want to like? Twenty, I reckon twenty. Well, okay. Um, how do generations work in terms of years? I don't know. Oh fucking hell! Let's say twenty. Seven. I thought it was seven every seven years. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, all right. So, all right. All right. So, um, I'd say four, three, three, three generations. Okay. What so did you over? Years. Oh yeah, twenty one. Yeah, you were twenty one year old. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, so twenty. No, no. I'm saying like early to mid twenties. Early to mid twenties. So yeah. To come on and what? Just say, do you know who Arnold Schwarzenegger is? We'll just ask is? him about the Spice Girls, like all our cultural touchstones yeah. that we keep coming back to, even like the rock and stuff. Mm. Like, what do they mean to you? What oh do yeah. They mean to us? How do they? Let's yes. compare how do cultural you touchstones. Feel yeah. About... I think I'd be interested in that. Yes. When I, you look at you know, Nick, what? So I was going to say, Nick, the social producer, is 24. 24 oh, yeah, Nick would be perfect. Yeah, Nick would be great. And he cuts all our videos, so he yes. has to, because we often talk about this shit, so he's having to go and yes. find the clips. He has to pretend to know. Yes. Yeah. He's the, oh, he's yeah. The, you want me to call him? He's the perfect Can you get person. him now? Yeah, I'll, I'll give him a oh, call. let's do that. Me I mean, let's do that, yeah. That I think that'd be, be good. If he's available. So what do we want to ask him about? Spice well, Girls? Yeah. Arnie, what yeah, but also the things that... I think that we've talked about in previous, like what, like we should ask him about when you've been looking up stuff, you know, stuff of these people. Do you like, what don't you remember? What don't you understand? Yeah. That sort of thing. I yeah. Think. How, how do we frame the question though? Like, well, I think we just ask him. Right okay. <laughs> 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 you know, like a normal human would be, do it. I'd just yeah. like explain to him what we're looking for and then okay. you know so um are there any other ones like specifically i think we need specific examples of like cultural touchstones from our era grunge nirvana yeah we that's talk about, about nirvana, nirvana a lot are we in utero yeah referenced yeah that's a, that's good uh nirvana yeah um Spice Girls, Arnie. what about the boy band stuff though like i mean it's yeah. got to be that that's yeah because he's yeah. like totally totally grown up in that k-pop era yes how old did you say Nick was? He's t- 
Okay. Uh, <laughs> Mark's cooking. Mark's 24. Mark's got all the pots boiling at that moment. That's right. 24. How, how did we go? Do we have any luck? 24. Yeah, I'm just, I'm going to dial it. Uh, it goes straight through. I, I can't vet are you, it. So oh, are you, I, I can't are, vet are it. Are we going to just start talking to him? Or you? I, I, I'll vet it, but you'll hear okay. it. Like with, okay. Why don't you do um, plugs now? Ah, you know, um, Will, are you on tour at the moment? I am on tour at the moment. Uh, what you're talking about, Will, followed by uh, Will Legitimate. Now, Will Legitimate's my big stand-up tour. I'm taking it to... This is your biggest, like, tour in years or ever? I think, well, it, it's the start of the biggest one in, like, five years. But the intention is, without getting too far ahead of myself, is that I've, instead of... Yeah, previously when I was doing my shows, I always used to have, like, I do a new show every year. And I've just been sort of rethinking with because how we want to do more live shows around this show. Hey, mates, Mike, we're recording. <laughs> <laughs> Mike has not worked out the mute the mute switch. <laughs> um, so I I decided I was like, oh, you know what? I want to be able to do everything, but to do everything, I probably need to plan it more. Um, if I want to be doing live, you know, podcast shows, I want to be doing some other things as well. I need to be able to schedule them in. And so part of that is that I want to write a show that I can tour in Australia in 2024, and then I could tour internationally in 2025. And then in 2025, I want to do an, like a tour of my improvised show. Like, you know, and so, so instead of trying to juggle it all, at the same time, I'm going to try to separate it out a little bit and, you know, do it as its own separate things, which is like been a really fun thing to do. So I, I'm hoping that it will eventually be the biggest tour that I've ever done, but at least it's the setting out on the idea <laughs> that it would would do that and then we'll see what happens. But it's called Will Legitimate. It starts in Adelaide and it goes to all the festivals and then I'll uh, be taking it to a whole bunch of other places. Willanderson.com.au. And I think we have Nick on the line, do we? <laughs> no, he's. Okay. Oh, we just talked. Right. Try again. <laughs> no, no, he's not there. That's, this is a problem. It's a problem with this generation, I tell you. They're always on their bloody devices, always got their bloody, their answering machines answering. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yes. <laughs> Do you know what an answering machine is? That's another thing we ask him. You know what an answering machine is? Does he check his voice like messages? He yeah. probably does because he's like. A, I've got a good one to ask a young person because it fucking yeah. infuriates me okay. about young people. All right. Young people, I've noticed, is you'll text them, and they never text you back. What do you mean? Well, they text. They'll you'll text them, and they'll read your text, and they've read mm. it, but they just won't text you back. They don't answer their phone. Do they need to text you back? Well, out of courtesy, yeah. Yeah, but courtesies. Don't you side with the youth? I mean, I think in this regard, I think I'm often one of those people that when a conversation, when when my if, if you see, need to be involved in the conversation is done, I am happy to just but like do you, stop. Acknowledge of receipt, I think, is important. If someone yeah. is sort of saying, hey, just letting you know, uh, plans mm. have changed, we're meeting at eight instead of seven, just be thumbs up or a yes or something, acknowledgement of receipt. So I don't worry that you have forgotten. <laughs> well, but you said that, that they've seen it and received it and read it. You know that. What do you mean? In a well, text. Didn't you say that you, you've like seen that they've read their text? Oh, no, I'm saying I'll find out afterwards because I'll be like, oh. oh, did you get my text? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Why didn't you respond? Why didn't you let me know that you saw it? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. like they, it's a young person thing. They don't Okay, like you know what? Yeah, it could. <laughs> <laughs> leave it that is message. not Nick. Yeah. Okay. Hi, Nick. Uh, it's Charlie and Will here from TOEFOP. Uh, look, we had some generational questions. There's yes. a couple of old blokes we wanted to ask you. If you could give uh, us a call back or call Mike back, he'll pipe you through to us. We want some, we've got some things we want to ask you. About what it's like to be a young person. Yeah, in relation to us being old people. Yeah. All right, mate. Hope you're well. <laughs> <laughs> so did you speak to him? No, we set it up, and I said, oh, "I'll call you back." And then he's he's like yeah. he's turned. Oh, he might be in a he might be in a tunnel or something like this. Is yeah. classic young people behaviour. Will I'm telling you, is it? You reach out to them, and they give you nothing. It's like the most um. It's like treat them mean, keep them keen. But doesn't it feel like your demand? Like he didn't know that we were going to do this. Like we're imposing on his time. Well, 
Like to you say, should... no, don't call me that. I'm busy. Don't call me. Yeah, but you're making a lot of assumptions about what has happened based on <laughs> nothing. <laughs> You've been here the whole time. I've, I have as much information as you have, and we don't know what Nick's up to. No, he might be Nick, like... I think, is an exception. I deal yeah. with Nick quite a bit, and I think he, he always responds, and he's very good. I'm just talking, like, generally. I've noticed with younger people that I know... Just what, communi- what, what young people do you know? Oh, like, you know, I was on a TV show for a number of years working with castmates who are 14, 15 years younger yeah, than me. Yeah, okay. And you're still in communication Yeah, with yeah, them. yeah. And that's that's the one thing I've noticed is like it's a, a vagueness around. Uh-huh. Definitely one answer a phone. Like calling is for psychopaths. Oh, yeah, but also I agree with that. Why would I ever If I recognize the number, I'd answer it. I mean, I like texting as much yeah. as the next guy and I understand it's a more non-confrontational form of communication. Yes. But- like if someone calls, answer the fucking phone. Oh, <laughs> There's no, no, a reason. No, no. I'm not going to answer. Really, the phone. even if like, it's my number? No. I mean, I've so rarely called. There you. are you know it's yes. Important. No, that's that's what I would yeah. say. Is there are people that if they call me within my like immediate circle, I would think there is a chance there <laughs> Someone's is something's dead. wrong. wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Someone or something is dead. Yeah. So yes. No, I think I would answer in regard to that. Yes. Okay. All right. Um, look, I think we're going to have to move on from Nick unless he calls us back. That's all right. Well, we can do it at another time though. Yeah, We can absolutely. schedule this. This is a good bit I mean, of I mean, I kind of think- This is a good tease. We can come up with a list. We don't need yeah, to do it Yeah, that's a good today. idea. Actually. We'll actually come up with a list of things and maybe we can even, yeah, we'll come up with a list of things. We'll, Cultural touchstones. Yes. What do they mean to you, young person? And then we'll run it As by, the spokesperson of young people. Yeah. And they've got to be things that we kind of like talk about so that we can get a sense of how relevant the conversations we're having with each other are for like, how do we connect it with the younger generation? Like, how can they, like, what what's their take on the rock? Yeah. You know? Well, okay. Think about it like this, right? So, um... I've got friends who are in their sort of mid thirties or early mid thirties, which means they were mm. born when Nevermind came out. Yeah. So the equivalent for me would be like, um, I don't know, like Queen or something like that. Yeah. Right. So growing up, Queen to me felt like an old, even as he, in the eighties, Queen yeah. felt like an old person band, like a legacy act. So does that mean for those thirty year olds, Nirvana are a legacy act? Because I still see Nirvana as being kind of like vibrant and dangerous and oh, yeah, kind of... Well, no, you're wrong. I'm wrong? I think What's so. What's edgier than in rock music than grunge now? Like, I mean, hip-hop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but different genre. <laughs> I said in rock. Uh, heavy metal. Like, uh, no, like you yeah. know. You know. I mean, I'm sure there is a kind of genre of music I don't even know about as well. Yeah. Lots of genres of music that we're not aware of, <laughs> I imagine. <laughs> All right, let's. I said this is going to be a mailbag, no, a mailbag episode, episode yep. but we've completely yep. okay. fucked it. No, that's okay. We'll, we'll just do as many as we yep. can. Uh, um, thank you, everyone who uh, writes into us, and you can contact us by going to everyonerelax.co, and there is a contact form on that site. Whatever podcast in the Everyone Relax feed you want to contact us on, you can just find it there, and you can uh, send it to the relevant pod. This is from Adam. Boys, what can I say? <laughs> Imagine if that was it. (laughs) That would be a great message. Boys, what can I say? And then just moved on. I love the show. I often find myself listening back to episodes so I can get my daily fix of Will and Charlie. And with that said, I've definitely found my favorite episode, number 487, The Hermit. Especially the start of the app where you guys riff over asshole versus asshole, where you got a double dose of that when we did our live show in Melbourne. And how Aussies love an affectionate curse word. But I've pondered over an excellent guerrilla marketing tactic for the Tofop brand. Later in the episode, you discuss the idea of Will being a hermit and living in a hovel on Mike Cannonbrooks's property, which led to a fantastic artwork for the episode where Foz depicted Will as a garden gnome. Now, my pitch is that we design and distribute 3D files of Will as a garden gnome holding a Tofop sign, allowing people to... Uh, Oh, this is no spreading the word and branding uh, through the ever-growing Tofop army. We'd love to hear your thoughts. So suggesting that there's like we release like garden gnomes, the, will will themed garden gnomes. Yeah, but we're not making them. We're just releasing the AI. Oh, designs. So is that what we're doing? And then people can idea. do their own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not. This is non for profit. Yeah, I'm assuming here, like like my most Tofop endeavors. No, but I like this idea that there could be some sort of central plan, like open AI style that we just release out there and then people can be making their own 
But there should be Will and Charlie gnomes that they should be able to print out. But if people started 3D printing... I wonder if I could be like something different though because uh, you sort of own the hermit thing because that was true. That is true. That is actually But true. like there's other... Like Iona has a fairy garden, for yeah. instance. So, like, so maybe it could be me sitting be on a toadstool or something like that. Like me and Mike the Third. Mike the Third like behind the desk oh, yeah. on a toadstool. Mm-hmm. Me, I don't know, what's my shtick? Listening to Five or something like that. You're like a, yeah, but in that world, it's not like listening to Five. In yeah, that yeah. world, you're like a, um, like if we're talking fairies at the bottom of the garden is kind of the vibe we're talking about, right? Like yeah. garden gnomes, magical fairies, yeah. that's that sort of vibe. Yeah. Um, you're like, an, an, an elf of some kind. Oh, playing like there's always like a toad playing a fiddle. Yeah. So it's a Charlie. You're a t- you're, toad. You are you are a fiddle toad. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what you are. Um, P.S. As a dental prosthetist, I guess. Sure. I love to tell my clients they keep me laughing, so I can keep you smiling. <laughs> we like to alliterate with the uh, love and living thing. No, 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 my new era. Living. Okay, new era. <laughs> Just whatever you want. Um, okay, this is from uh, Marty. Please don't read out my last name. Actually, okay. Mike the Third, this concerns you as well. Mm. So listen up and feel free to respond. Okay. To Colin Fop, in true Tofop fashion, I shared a joint with my mate right before the Sydney show, only to be accosted by Mike the Third shoving a microphone into my face just as the high was kicking in and as I'm walking through the door. Mm-hmm. Needless to say, I was taken fairly off guard mm-hmm. when I shouted, Your podcast, Mike. (laughs) He corrected me by saying he was one of the podcast mics. Do you remember this? I I do remember this, yeah. This is a common common mistake. Oh, really? Working in podcasting and radio, it's like, this is how I think of it. American stamps, they don't put like .us on on the websites or the postage stamps don't say America because they were the first. I'm like that oh. in pod- I don't have to say podcast mm. Mike. I'm just Mike who works in podcasting. But now, yeah. now the brand podcast Mike, <laughs> I've got to, yeah. I've got to, you know, you can see the issue. Oh, I'm sorry about that. That's uh, Sam Cavanaugh's fault. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> this was my second joint in three months. So by now the social nerves are kicking in and I'm starting to doubt the idea of having the joint before the show. I was getting really paranoid. That's not what you should be doubting. You should be doubting your lack of commitment to having regular joints so that you don't <laughs> yeah, freak toughen out. Toughen up, mate. Yeah. Stop bloody warning. <laughs> I was then sprung by the following questions. Mm. Didn't know what to say in front of the mic. Uh, and well, hang on. Didn't know in front. Use your words. Didn't Charlie. know what to say in front of the mic yeah. and himself well enough to stay quiet when someone put a mic in his face. I think he's talking about his friend. Okay. So there must've been misspelling there. Okay. It was also a relative. I was a relative. He, oh, he's talking about his mate. He, my mate was also a relative Tofop virgin, and he heard a few episodes a long time ago, but now seems hooked, although Gareth was giving him the most laughs. Okay. <laughs> like that's an unnecessary detail to add on the end. I mean, how can you quantify which one of us three on stage is giving the most laughs? From the one they were laughing at the most? I mean, but is that – can you really qualify that? Like, isn't it like – I mean, if you, you have to be have a good stab at it, it from the laughter. But is out loud laughs the yeah. best kind of laughs? Yes. <laughs> Yes. I yeah. prefer a real thinker. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> That's, you say whatever you need to say to yourself. Uh, thanks for all the laughs. Yeah, uh, looking, all good thinkers. <laughs> looking forward to another 500 shows. <laughs> also, I'm a born and bred Tasmanian who has yeah. lived in Sydney for eight plus years and I'm back in Tassie now. It feels so good uh, to get in touch. Oh, no. So feel free to get in touch for any Tasmania-related questions. Uh, I, oh, uh, what do you think about the Labor government trying to um, stall the building of this new stadium? Yeah, we're both we're both mainland <laughs> AFL fans who are like, just bloody build, build your the bloody stadium. Bloody we stadium. want to put it in Tassie. I'll come over. I'll come. Stadium. Yeah, if you spend so much of your budget on, you it. can't look after your homeless. Or, <laughs> yeah. but but I'll come over for a weekend. <laughs> Uh, uh, this is one of my absolute favourites, and we'll finish. Oh, no, hang on, we can't finish on this one. Oh, can we? What, no, how you, long we you've done? got fifteen. Got fifteen. Got fifteen minutes. to go. <sighs> fifteen minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I reckon we can dig into this one because it's pretty <coughs> funny. This is from Jem. Hey guys, long time listener of the show, and one of the many doctors you two have obviously played 
a pivotal role in getting through med school. I thought I'd write in because I think you'd enjoy hearing about my medical TOEFOP crossover experience earlier this year. I was working in ED. Emergency department. And examining a patient. Erectile dysfunction. (laughs) (laughs) Enormous dong. Uh, I was working in ED and examining a patient when I came across a cartoon version of you two tattooed on his leg. I've never heard of that in 14 years of doing this show. I've seen it. We, there was one guy got a toe-fop tattoo. Remember that? It's in a bat symbol. Back when I've we used to talk about Batman all the time. a couple over the oh, have journey. You? Yeah, maybe even more than a couple. I toe-fop reckon. logos or depictions of yeah, you and various, I? Yeah, various, well, bits of James Foz to, toe-fop. Okay. Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. No one's ever sent me one. No, I don't think so. I've, I've only ever seen them in person, like right. post a show or whatever, when someone will come and show me. Okay. As you can imagine, uh, a quick rapport building in medicine, as you can imagine, quick rapport building in medicine is important. So I thought I'd struck gold yes. when I came across an obvious common interest. Mm-hmm. I turned to him and confirmed that it was a TOEFOP tattoo before going on to smirk at him and say, well, <laughs> as you know, they've kept me laughing so I can keep you living. I mean, good gear. Great good stuff. material really to good. someone who you would think loves Tofa. Well, loves Tofa. They've got a Tofa tattoo. I thought this unexpected mm. inside joke would definitely land, but this guy was either not as big a Tofa fan as his tattoo might suggest, or more realistically, was sick with COVID, as it turns out, and was now probably questioning the legitimacy of his doctor knowing <laughs> that he spent his time <laughs> listening to the nonsensical comedy conversation between two old mates rather than dedicating his time towards study. Now, this is something mm. that you have brought up in the past. I love that we have such a big uh, medical community listening to the show. Absolutely love it. B, would never want to get would Absolutely would not doctors. want my doctor to be listening to this podcast. <laughs> If I, if I went in for some major surgery and they said, I've just been listening to Tofop, I'd be like, I want a second opinion. <laughs> <laughs> but that's crazy, right? That, like, uh, look, let's take this this, seri- this this encounter for his for the- On face value. On face value, thank you. I couldn't think of what I was to say. Now, someone who has this tattoo, like, to not acknowledge or- Yeah, but if they're sick- Yeah. So- you know, okay, so like they've got breathing difficulties, whatever, COVID. They're thinking, but you can't, you they're just thinking least... about dying and they're maybe like... Oh, you think it's that bad? Oh, I, said, I guess it's in a more emergency. Right? Emergency department. Yeah, you're right. So maybe Jem's the problem here. <laughs> like it's probably not the time for japes, you know what I mean? <laughs> like it just might be... I guess too. Yeah. I didn't consider Cause that. Because it's living. Because yeah. like, it's, <laughs> it's like, you know, you are... <laughs> joking about someone's yeah. life. But wouldn't that all, but is there not a sense, like I remember when um, Kevin Smith uh, talked about his uh, triple bypass or the mm. heart surgery he had and the doctor kind of said to him, oh, we call this the widow maker because yeah. it has like a 80% fatality when people have this blockage, but you know, don't worry, I'm going to take care of you. And that made him feel good. Is there not a level of minimum expectation you, that your doctor would keep, would take care of you no, to the like, best of their capacity but if in your that doctor, situation. If regardless. your doctor is being so relaxed as to be like, hey, you know, we both like the same podcast, don't we think that like it might be disarming for I you as a patient? I assume that the doctor would treat every situation in exactly the same way. Like I don't think there's like, a, you know, the doctor's like, oh, you know what? I'll try hard today to actually save this guy. No, 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 no. It's not, I don't think it's about the trying hard. I think yeah. it's more putting the patient at ease. And if anything, it's almost like, you know, in Fight Club, when yeah. other guys who have been in Fight Club, because they start noticing, oh, your waiter's got a black eye, and you're like, oh, yeah, you get it. Like, it's like we're part of a secret clique. I'll, you know, I'll give you the real soup. <laughs> yeah, but, like, there are better things than what we do. Like, doesn't matter. Not in this situation. They're both TOEFOP fans. Our community, the TOEFOP, the teabaggers take mm. care of each other. And that's what Jem was trying to express to to this guy. Was like, hey, don't worry, man. I've got your back. Yeah. I'll give you the good medicine. I'll give you the, I'll give you the real <laughs> medicine. <laughs> Here's a, I'll give you a side scoop. Yeah. <laughs> pandemic, more like scam, pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> Let me give you the vaccines that we really developed. The one that Bill Gates handed out to all us doctors. <laughs> 
in secret <laughs> at the virgin blood orgy. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We'll get you the adrenochrome. It's on the back. Okay. Oh, man. He gave me a low energy yes. sympathetic. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And when I suggested he should write to you guys about this classic real life medical toe pop crossover, he was pretty unenthused. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this happened almost a year ago. So I've now given up hope. That he enjoyed this oh, fairly so, underwhelming so interaction. You, you've so waited, Jem waited, waited, expecting there's going to be a letter. He would tell us about it. Yeah, when Jem could have told us this the entire time. But I, I'm on Jem's side. I think that Jem is in the right here. Like it's kind of like you know, <laughs> doctor patient confidentiality. Oh, the doctor can't sp- talk yeah, about okay. like someone having COVID. Well, but apparently it wears off after <laughs> yeah. a year. Well, I think this is where the tofob element comes into uh, it. It's like, are you more teabagger or are you more one of the normies? And I'd say that Jem is like more teabaggy and I am like I'm pretty upset with this tattooed teabagger for not putting their fears aside and trusting that another teabagger's got your back. I just, I think if I were in that situation, like, Comment, say I was like, oh, you, you've, you know, you've got a Radiohead tattoo. Like, you know, you, I like Radiohead too. I'm not sure. I'm just like, yeah, another time for it's that. different. Is it? That's different. Radiohead are a hugely popular yeah. band with like, you know, anyone could be a Radiohead fan. Our, the teabag community mm. are a very specific community. Yes. And you know them. And no, that's gonna... what worries me. Like well, if I'm in that situation. <laughs> so I think you I'm view like... our audience like different to me. I'm always like, oh, no, this is cool. Like, so it's... you think we have actually, because maybe this is it, that I'm not quite comfortable with the idea because it's so funny. When I do my crowd work shows, like part of the problem I run into, and this is a very like, you know, first world problem, <laughs> you know, which is that a lot of my audience – I do quite impressive things. Yeah. So like often crowd work, it's very hard to make for jokes for jokes yeah. about what people are doing where they're like, I'm an aid worker who's like bringing vaccines to other countries and in the meantime, I run ultra marathon, you know. The real vaccines. <laughs> yeah, the good ones. Yeah. And I think that this like meme of like medical professionals listening to this show started as a joke. Like we were joking, like it yeah. just seemed like – but. It's turned it, it's what we thought started as a joke, and we were actually doing it tongue in cheek, saying we were the number one medical podcast. Has seems to have had this like forward momentum of becoming a reality. Yeah, because we have so many (laughs) like, like medical related people who listen to this podcast, and it's like we've just stumbled onto something for like, there's been no intention for this podcast to in any way resonate with and so yes i do think in a way that i have overlooked the fact that if you get a tofop tattoo maybe this is actually what we need to start saying to people is that it is it's like that it does become um, a secret (laughs) (laughs) forget garden gnomes tofop medical bracelets oh yes that is great marketing i think that's really cool We'll yeah. put it, we'll run a poll. Mm-hmm. If people want Tofop Medical, I mean, can we legally do that? <laughs> or is it like, is that considered like... Well, uh, they're just bracelets. They're just the bracelets. The the medical bracelets don't have any... Yeah. Okay, so Special not... powers. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that to me. I'm all for, like, I'm crazy merch. And I think a to- if we want to do Tofop Medical uh, bracelets, yeah. I think that'd be... And that means, though, if you are a doctor or, or a nurse or someone who works in the health community... Uh. You got to take extra care. If someone comes in and they've got the yeah. Tofop medical bracelet, yeah, the real vaccines. Yeah, that's what that's we're right. saying. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, thank you for your content over the yes. years. You've kept me laughing, so I can keep others living and overall unimpressed at my passes at comedy in the emergency department. P.S. I'm also a two guys one cup listener, and would love to hear some more cunt fiction. Do you want to explain what that is for anyone who might be new to... Uh, ben Cunnington was a, the former star of the North Melbourne Football Club, hard man from the farm. Dower, farm country boy. Had a hair transplant. At, at the age of 27. <laughs> it was, and then fought testicular cancer, wasn't it? Yeah. And anyway... A it, real meat and potatoes, yeah. no-nonsense kind of guy. Yeah, and he's gone back to the farm with the family and like, and then there was Nat Fife. Uh, two-time Brownlow medalist, helicopter flying. Investment. 
shops everywhere. And we, like, essentially just created two completely different <laughs> people to them based on what we imagined they would be like and then made them into fan fiction. It's been a while. That's been years. Yeah, a couple that. of years. Jem is a real... Like yeah. hardcore teabagger. Well, everything is back in this feed now. So you will, be, if you've never sampled Two Guys One Cup or any of our other shows, then uh, give them a listen and see. Yeah, if you like this, you might also like that. Sometimes, as you can tell from that conversation there, you don't need to know a lot about <laughs> AFL football to to cover the nonsense we're talking well, about. Well, Jem continues. I've also found myself referring to Kane Corns only as the twerp. And my non-listener friends have joined in, even without questioning the origin of this, which I think reflects the accuracy of the nickname. So good stuff from putting together the new Everyone Relax platform. I can really tell the hierarchy of power in the podcast universe <laughs> is about to change. And that's a great letter to finish on. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back again next week. But for now, I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Anderson. Yeah.